for real. Oh, really? That's how you feel. And the guys are like, asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, Arkansas, Kansas, 51-53. Kansas with a two-point conversion. Ryan and I are watching this live here. Double overtime after targeting was called. <laughs> Just when you thought this game oh couldn't gosh. get any crazier. Oh, my gosh. Arkansas finally we were... gets a stop yeah. right when they need it. And then the late flag thrown while all the Arkansas faithful and their sideline are ready to rush the field. And then the ref takes the game into his own hands, says, no, you don't, and calls the targeting foul. What a game. And you have the game flow. I believe you do, Tellier. It's, but you, so you correct me if I'm wrong. But it started with turnover on downs, yep, and then fumble by well, the Razorbacks. Yeah, they they turned it over on downs with 3:52 left to play in the fourth. Down, it was 23:38 at the time. Yep, yep. And then what was that? A fumble. They they touchdown. force a fumble. Kansas forces a fumble. They score a touchdown to make it 30 to 38. They kick an onside kick, recover it. Go down and score a touchdown in a minute. Convert the two-point conversion to tie it at 38. Force overtime. They both score a touchdown in the first period. And now Kansas is going for two to tie it and force a third overtime. This has been unbelievable. What a game for the Jayhawks, who have had a Cinderella season with... Oh. First year head coach Lance Leipold. Oh, yeah. And and for me personally, I was riding that wave and my betting account was riding that wave they in the first part of were the season. Wagons. They were awesome. They were absolutely awesome. And Kansas now looking for their first winning season since I think two thousand five. Obviously a basketball school, but if they can become a basketball and football school, what a great day for Lawrence, Kansas, if they're able to pull this off and Right, right. How about this? How about this for an added storyline? Guess the spread of this game. Tell me. Arkansas minus one and a half. Oh, Lord. Oh, oh my so Lord. So this is for the game and to cover. Oh, my goodness. Of course, the over in this 53-51 game just oh, that was already, well, already But if you look, if you look at the beginning of that game flow that we talked about, 23-38, they weren't even close. No, you were sweating that for three oh. and a half quarters. And now, and now it hits by over 30 points. <laughs> Okay, two-point conversion. Daniel's back puts it up. Catches oh, my the- oh, oh, my God. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. What a game. Oh, we're going to a third what overtime. A game. And it's the big boy again, the yep. big tight end. Casey, number 47. Oh. Unbelievable. A third overtime upcoming. Jeez. Uh, the- Kansas scored 32 unanswered points, including overtime, because they got the ball first in the first overtime. 32 unanswered from the Jayhawks. Uh, can we call Lawrence, Kansas a football town now? I mean, they've been run, run they've been by re- Fog yeah. Allen Fieldhouse and Bill Self recently. But I, if you're watching this game, I don't know how you don't want to go play for Kansas. Yeah, I mean, they got really unlucky halfway through the season when Jalen Daniels got hurt. Yep. And that compounded with them losing some of their steam after their hot start to the season, like really hurt them down the stretch. But like I said, first winning season and you know, I think everyone, well, it's not a winning season yet. They're six and six. Don't want to speak too soon, but if they're able to get this winning season, if Lance Leipold does decide to stay in Kansas, which is a big, if 
yeah, then you know we'll <laughs> you know, we we may potentially see them as a football school, especially with Oklahoma and Texas leaving ooh, that yeah. conference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you you so. know what I do hate though is the the face mask that doesn't have the top bar, like it goes it goes straight from helmet to face mask, and there's no top bar of the face mask, so it's literally just like the chin part of it. I think if we're talking it looks about so stupid, we're talking about face mask too. It's like it's such a shame that. The NFL and college has gone away with some of the cool face masks that, like, Ray Lewis had in the, back in the day and uh, L. Lawrence Taylor had back in the day as well. And now they're just all vanilla. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it. Anyway, the Razorbacks, for me, have completely let down my betting season. They've uh, thrown up in their own mouth, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Now they were an honorable mention in that award. Uh, you remember when I had a plus... Something like fifty six hundred parlay. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing I needed to hit was that Arkansas versus Alabama cover. Mm-hmm. It's like plus seventeen, mm-hmm. and then I don't want to put a receiver Matt Landers on blast, and I might be getting. Well, you the- already said his name. Well, I, I, he might not be the guy I'm talking about, but late into that game, the Arkansas receiver had to just push for one first down to get them within field goal range, and just a lack of an effort play. Not a skill based play, not mm. an ability to not not based on ability, but rather the effort to not go on fourth and one and, and get that extra inch and that extra yard. Um obviously these players don't care about my betting line, but yeah. cost me I, cost me four digits there. I oh my and, goodness. Although I will say the majority of these players I'd say are are aware of spreads and overs. Yeah, but do they care? Because profession- no, they don't. They don't care. Obviously, yeah. they just want to win, but they're they're aware of it. And like in Fair. a blowout, they're like, "Dude, let's cover." Like if it's yeah, you know, if it's uh, thirty one points absolutely. in the spread, you know, I think Tennessee Volunteers versus Tennessee Tech are out there. Like, hey, we got we got to get one stop, yeah. you know. And I think also like in that game in particular, Arkansas against Alabama, it's like you get the opportunity to score against Alabama, like. Yeah. You go out and score. Yeah. Like. But they uh so I will say betting against Arkansas was actually one huge lifesaver that I had earlier this year. I was down big during a week. Come to Saturday, Arkansas versus Liberty, late night game, already lost a parlay earlier in the day. Just sprinkle a couple nuggets on Liberty plus seven hundred money line against Arkansas. Hits it like huge, that. That was huge, so money. Huge, and at that point, huge. I knew Hugh Freeze was just the man. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot that goes into that statement. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you're riding high on Auburn next year, huh? I, I might have to. Yeah. Oh, are we? Oh, we're only two points now. Oh. Yeah, so now we're just, I forgot that we're was just thing. running plays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, two-point conversion. Arkansas starts. They're going to motion out a tight end and a receiver from the backfield. Go single set back. Dropping back, Jefferson floats one over the top. Got it on the wheel route. Wow. Arkansas goes up two. 55, you saw, two, you saw the two receivers on, on the strong side there run two slants into the inside, take the corners there, and then the guy, the linebacker on the running back, wasn't able to get there quick enough. Yep. Well, uh, also, so, side note quickly as we go to college basketball, just saw it on the ticker. Um, Gonzaga. Basketball just beat Eastern Oregon one twenty to forty eight. Goodness, goodness gracious, seventy two point win. That's ridiculous. Okay, here's Kansas coming out. They're going with the pistol. 
Number 47, Casey. He's kind of the motion tight end on the right side of the line. Reverse. Oh, Reverse. Jason, oh, Jason it's the second quarterback. He's going to run it. No, oh, he's going to run it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. He Arkansas win. Oh, Arkansas. and they cover. <laughs> what a game. Oh, my goodness. What they brought game. in the backup quarterback for the first time all game. And they go reverse to him from the wide receiver wideout spot. And then he he looks like he's going to run it in, but then he throws it. And he throws it way out of bounds. Oh, nothing goodness. More, nothing more to say. The, what a game. As a neutral, that was awesome to see. As a Arkansas or Kansas fan, definitely the most exhilaration that you felt all year. Oh, what a win for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Shout out LMA Powell for the win there. Oh, Fayetteville's going nuts today. Um, what a great way to start off another episode of the Misinterpreted Podcast. Tell your Lundquist here. Ryan Eldridge there. Uh, let's talk New Year's Six Bowls, baby. I mean, God, I'm before, all amped be, up now. Be, I'm all amped be, up. Before then, let's get a little bit more amped up. Okay. We've had a great college football season. Yes. And here's to hoping that we have another couple great weeks left of that season. But let's celebrate. Let's, let's celebrate let's that it. season. Let's Absolutely. do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, I will set up what we are going to talk about just briefly. We'll we'll get to each college football playoff uh, matchup, TCU versus Michigan. Michigan by 7.5 in that game is the line. Georgia versus Ohio State. Georgia by 6.5. We've got the Orange Bowl with Tennessee and Clemson. The Sugar Bowl with Alabama and K-State. Rose Bowl with Penn State and Utah, and the Cotton Bowl with USC and Tulane. Interesting that uh, Tulane got got up there so big from the uh, 16 spot. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Do you have one ready to go, or is it going to be me? Is it? Uh, am I, I am I doing the cheers here? Yeah, I mean, sure. Why not? Hey, shout out to uh, Three Amigos as well, the best tequila. They can find that total wine for a great <laughs> price, or as my friends in Peru would like to say it, Trace Amigos. Hashtag not an ad. Uh, maybe someday. That'd uh, be pretty hey, cool. Uh, here's the hoping. Uh, well, I, I had been talking. Can you talk for a minute while I just think of our, our cheers or toast? Sure. I mean, <laughs> we got well, I didn't have any time to think about one. No, so. of course. Yeah. Let me, let me talk to Mike. We got, you know, six New Year's six games as, you know, as as the name would state. Obviously, the two big ones, we got TCU, Michigan, two versus three. And then we also have Georgia, LSU, one versus four. We're going to talk about that first. Well, I already went through that. And then. Well, did you talk about the next four? I was yeah, busy doing my I thing. I did. I did go through the next four. I was four. busy going through my thing. Oh, no. You got your toast? Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, got, I got a sort of one. Okay. <clears throat> you ready? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh, that part. Hold on. No limes, but salt will have to do. Yeah, an interesting way to go. Okay. Um, how about Arkansas and Let's Go Hogs? How about tomorrow? Let's go, dogs! Go Come dogs, on, now. baby! Yeah, that'll do. Woo! That'll do just fine. Let me some Trace Amigos. Okay. Uh, yeah, that. I don't know if that amped me up more, but maybe it if will. We have to like, rally. We maybe, have to rally. Maybe it will in like eight and a half minutes or so. <clears throat> we got a great show coming for you guys. <laughs> 
So let's first let's talk about TCU Michigan. Of course, we have a yeah. Horn Frogs in the house. Yep. Your sister. Yep. Playing or riding for the equestrian team for a couple of years there. Uh, w- one year. Yeah. For, one year. One year. Um, but we have the shirt. We have the we have the we swag. have TCU equestrian shirt. So um, we're part of the family now. Someone has my TCU sweatshirt somewhere along the way. I have no idea who. But anyway, if we need to find more, then you know it is what it is. But we have. TCU Michigan minus seven and a half Michigan in a fairly neutral site in Arizona. Uh, what are your thoughts about this game? I certainly have. I am leaning heavily towards one way, but I want to see what you think. I, first. Yeah, I mean, this game on paper should be a walkthrough from Michigan. I think just based on the run game of Michigan. I mean, Michigan is running for two hundred and forty-three yards a game. That's fifth in the country. And and that's without even without Blake Corum the last few weeks and Donovan Edwards has just stepped up. Yeah, you, Edwards, you mentioned yeah, four hundred yeah. yards in the last two weeks. Yeah. It's he, he's, unbelievable. He's, insane. he's nuts. And I, I don't want to put it past Edwards and Corum, but a lot of that is that offensive line because these running backs aren't getting touched until they're five yards downfield. Yeah. So just shout out to our big guys down in the trenches for making it happen. The unsung heroes uh, on in the gridiron, but. So, yeah. I th- this game to me, because we all know that TCU can throw the ball. Max Duggan, remarkable guy, throws the ball down the field better than almost anyone in the entire country. But this game comes down to TCU's run game. People forget they averaged 200 yards on the ground this season. So, if they can run the ball against Michigan's front seven... I think they've got a legit chance to pull off the upset. I don't know if I can go with the Horn Frogs, though. It's going to depend a lot on Jim Harbaugh's preparation on this game. Because I looked deep into those rushing stats and in their game against Baylor and then Kansas State, which with Iowa State sandwiched in the middle, which that, that was a wash, but in their two close games of the season, Max Duggan was the leading rusher for both of those games. So yeah. it's not necessarily running back game play, but mm-hmm. it is about Max Duggan mm-hmm. extending the play mm-hmm. with his legs and getting big yards. So I'd be interested to see what Jim Harbaugh, great defensive-minded coach, does in terms of spying the QB or ways to contain him on the defensive line um, and just limit Max Duggan's ability to use his legs. Because if you just have to – ground and pound with that TCU team, we're going into a situation where they're not at their best because you know they like to throw it and then scramble when needed. Mm-hmm. Um, from the offensive end of Michigan, of course, J.J. McCarthy, who I have been critical of all season, finally lighting it up over the past couple weeks against OSU. We know you know what we did against, what he did against the Buckeyes. Well, he's, got, he's got back-to-back three touchdown games. Yeah, well... I have the stats for you right here, 50% for against OSU, 263 yards with a QBR of 92.6, and that's a 1 to 100 scale. Mm. So 92. And a that's the point, adjusted QBR? That's the adjusted QBR is 92.6 against that OSU team with plenty of five stars on that defense. And then against Purdue, which was more of a practice. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, Excuse me. You're troubling tra- over. The Trace Amigos getting me real good. Um, but against Purdue, which was more of a practice game than anything, still had four, 64.7% per- completion rate with three touchdowns, one interceptions. 
89.2 QBR on 17 pass attempts, so a little less of a sample size there, but still lining it up. And against that OSU team, we were seeing that he got a 69-yard touchdown, a 75-yard touchdown, and a 45-yard touchdown. Those were his three touchdowns in that game. And a lot of that was Jim Harbaugh doing really well of game planning and getting guys downfield. And we saw in that game where receivers were wide open and all they had to do was run whatever, a 40-yard dash to that they'd run in the combine anyway. And JJ, JJ McCarthy just had to get his throws, and he's finally able to find the guys and put them on target, find an yep. open guy. I think it is easier to game plan for a running game. So I think Michigan's going to be able to take away both the Horn Frogs' uh, running backs as well as contain Max Duggan. I think that's probably the, the biggest catalyst in the TCU run game is Max Duggan's ability to extend plays, scramble outside the pocket. Agree. Agree. What TCU really struggles to do is limit big plays in the air. And J.J. McCarthy has been known, or not necessarily known, but he has shown the last few weeks that he can make big plays with his arm. So I think J.J. McCarthy gets one or two big plays of 40-plus in the air, and and I've, I've got Michigan to win this by two touchdowns. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. McCarthy, probably the best QB they'll face all season, which kind of goes to show how bad some of the competition that TCU has played all season. Of course, they play against Kansas with Jalen Daniels hurt, and then they play Oklahoma with Dylan Gabriel hurt. Um, you can make a case that Quinn Ewers might be better than J.J. McCarthy based purely on a skill level, but this year the stats don't show that. Um, so it's going to be a tough matchup for TCU and for Michigan. This is a similar type of team that they played in, in OSU and Ohio State earlier in the season. So they're already calibrated to play this type of high-flying offense that with, with a quarterback that can't scramble uh, in, in their season already, as opposed to TCU, who hasn't necessarily played this caliber of team yet. So I, I agree with you. I have Michigan 38-20. So oh, Wow. That's just vibes, pure vibes, and that you love your stats, you love your third down conversion yeah, I percentage. Do. I, do. I, do. I I bet purely based on vibes, and you know, to this point, it's it's worked it's worked wonders for me. So I'm gonna stick with my gut, and I have Michigan by more than a couple touchdowns in that game. So sorry, TCU, your Cinderella story ends here, and this is this takes nothing from Duggan, nothing from from Sonny Dykes, and what he's been able to do to this team, but. I think it finally ends here. Yeah, I mean, Horn Frogs want to run, and th that program is only going to get better. And I think so. This is Sunny Dice's first year, yes. Correct. Yeah. yeah, I am. I don't know what the actual stat is, but it feels like first year head coaches come in and implement an offense that can stun teams. But what makes the biggest jump in the second season is the defensive efficiency. That's just how it feels to me. Yeah, I mean, like, I agree with you, and based on my feels, based on my gut as well, we've seen this year all the new head coaches that have done well, Kalen DeBoer, Lincoln Riley, even, like, Lance Leipold at Kansas yeah. for the first five weeks of the season. They've been able to really put up great offensive numbers, and where they've been able to, or where they faltered a little bit is, giving up as much as they score in some of those games and having to scramble for those last-minute touchdowns when they already score 38, 45 points. So 
Sonny Dykes, once again, like great season for him, and he'll only continue to grow, and defense will be the name of the game moving forward in his recruiting process. Of course, no Max Duggan next year, so he's going to have to find right. a hole for that as right. well. Um, That's There's got to be so Oh, great idea. Hank Bachmeyer transfer in from Boise yep. State. I yep. love that. Yep. yep. I and love that. A lot of great QBs in the transfer class that they weren't able to land. Of course, Devin Leary. Uh, Sam Hartman going to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Sam Hartman going to Notre yeah. Sam Hartman certainly in the transfer min- window. I might be mixing up my teams here, but, you know, some great QBs that they weren't able to land early on, but Hank Bachmeyer, another great, great I would love there. to see him in, in purple and black. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Absolutely. All right, other side of it, the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, the Mercedes-Benz Dome. That's pretty much that's yeah. pretty much a Georgia home game, and they have made it their second home the last few seasons. Uh, Georgia is favored by six and a half in that one against Ohio State. Um, this is this is the toughest matchup that Georgia could have among the other three teams. I think so. I mean, I think Michigan's a better team, but I think they'd rather. I think by, I think by ra- styles of play, maybe yeah. Georgia stops the run. Michigan runs the ball, what, what, what was that number, uh, 63% of the time. Ohio State, with C.J. Stroud, will sling it around. They yep. won't have Jackson Smith and Jigba, but that's not. Ohio State always has weapons on the outside. So they're not going to be lacking in wide, in wide receivers. They've got all their other weapons at use, at the disposal of C.J. Stroud. This is the toughest matchup that Georgia could possibly have. Yeah, like you said, no Jackson Smith and Jigba this entire year. And for any other team, that's a huge blow to the entire season. And we're looking at, like, minus two, three wins over a season. But Ohio State's one of the few teams, maybe the only team in college football, who can just go out and say, hey, I have, I don't have my number one receiver. I have another number one receiver in the nation in my back pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. just absolutely lighting up this season. The catch of the year for him as well. Uh, I think in his game against uh, Maryland, mm-hmm. um, and then also Emeka Buka out of Steelcom, Washington. Come on and now! Shout out the Emerald State or the Emerald City, the Evergreen Evergreen State, State. The Evergreen there it is. State. Yep. Um, for also being probably a top five running or wide receiver in this year as well. Um, it's really hard to gauge Georgia this entire year because this is a team that haven't really been tested based on their schedule. They, mm-hmm. Somehow they got tested by Missouri and Kentucky, yeah. but outside they, they, of that. They, they struggled against Kent State a little bit. They struggled against Missouri. They struggled against Kentucky. But in the games that they had to win, or in the games against great opposition that they played, in Tennessee and LSU, they were absolutely on fire. And so this is a team that hasn't truly been tested yet all season, or if you can say they got tested, they passed it with flying colors. And so that makes gauging this team really hard in terms of will this be a close game for Ohio State? And if it is, how will they respond to it? OSU is a team that has been in a lot of close games, but in a lot of close games where they wouldn't necessarily want to be in. They beat Maryland 43-30. to They beat Northwestern 21-7. to And 
those were. And when you look at the lines for those, those games, when you look at what you expect from those teams, you don't expect Maryland to put up 30 on Ohio State. You don't expect to put up 21 against Northwestern. Yeah, that was a, a river in the sky in that game, but still, C.J. Stroud, no touchdowns. And it's 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 against Northwestern. They're a team that haven't won in North America this year. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> yeah, I will I will be saying that until Northwestern wins their next game, yep. which, you know, we that might not be for it's, a while. Yeah, it's possible. Um, but the, the main question for LSU and the main question for this game is, which OSU offense will we see? Which C.J. Stroud will we see? Will we see the C.J. Stroud against Toledo? Against Iowa? Or will we see the C.J. Stroud against Maryland, Northwestern, Michigan? If we know anything about this Georgia defense, it's that it's probably the latter. I have Georgia winning this game. I don't have a line for that, but I think they easily cover 6.5 against this mm. OSU team that weren't even expecting to be in this playoff. And uh, their head coach, who whose name now eludes me, but Ryan Day, Ryan Ryan Day, correct. He uh, he's hired. He came in last year, and he's hired to do two things, right? He's hired to beat Michigan, and he's hired to win the college football playoff. Yep. And so far in this last last two seasons, he's zero and three in that, and he just shown that he's not able to win a big game, and he's inherited, dare I say, the best roster in college football yeah, pretty and he's not able to go and set out what he do the, what he's hired to do yes he puts 77 on toledo but what it really matters he's not able to get across the finish line i think that trend continues i have georgia by at least a touchdown in this game okay. especially in a home game okay i you you know i love my stats here okay already talked about the explosive plays in the air that ohio state can have Georgia has two weaknesses. One of them is big plays in the passing game. The other one is they don't get many turnovers. And what C.J. Stroud does better than anyone in the country is take care of the ball. He's a guy who will take shots, but he has beautiful placement, and he's so smart and well-versed in the Ohio State offense. They commit the seventh fewest turnovers in the country. If Georgia can't turn over the Buckeyes, I think Ohio State, I wouldn't say runs away with it, but I say that sustains them through the entirety of the game. So they could get down early if, if Georgia has a few good stops and, and a couple touchdowns quick, but Ohio State not turning the ball over, that's going to keep them in this game. Another one for you, Georgia mainly remi- relies their top Four targets are either running backs or tight ends. Ohio State's defense is number two in the country when defending running backs and tight ends. I've got Ohio State Buckeyes in an upset. You have the upset there? I do. I think the money line is is such a value play in this one. I, don't, I, I mean, what is it? Ohio State plus 215? Give me that. We know you love your stats. You know I love my vibes, which is, <laughs> yep. is crazy to think because you're the journalism major and I'm the engineer. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> but in the realm of college football, that clearly swaps. So this is a battle of stats versus vibes. And just looking forward to a great game there on, uh, on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, whatever day that is. Um, 
And yeah, as a neutral, just looking looking forward to a great matchup against these two giants, two of the best programs in college football. We'll move on to some of the other near six games. So Clemson versus Tennessee. We have Clemson minus six. Some notables not playing in this game, of course, for Tennessee. No Jalen Hyatt, no Cedric Tillman, no Hendon Hooker. We have four wide receivers out for Tennessee. And then for Clemson, we have no Miles Murphy, no DJ Uyunglele. But yes to Brian Breezy, who is a top 10 pick in this upcoming draft. Where... Do you think this game is going to be even close without Hendon Hooker, without these offensive weapons for Tennessee? Is minus six too generous for Tennessee, considering what we saw Cade Klubnick do against UNC? What are your thoughts about this game? Where do you, where are you seeing minus six, by the way? I saw minus six. I'm seeing Clemson four and a half here. I have Clemson minus six. So. Interesting. Well, I'm it's- taking the trend. Uh, I've got Tennessee here, actually. I do have Tennessee. I think their defense is remarkably underrated. They get get so much hype for their offense. Hendon Hooker, a huge reason for that. But I think Tennessee's defense can actually hold Clemson's offense with a freshman quarterback in check. I think when you just look kind of at the film, kind of at the tape... I think you, the UNC defense and the Tennessee defense are very similar. They do, they have some great plays here and there, and they're able to get turnovers, able to get stops. But when you look at the trends of both these, these defenses, we see that they just give up a lot of points. And I see ten, I, th- mm. I see Tennessee as a similar defense to UNC, which Kate Klubnick, like you said, the freshman quarterback has already you know played against and. Kate Klubnick, even though he's a freshman, he's not necessarily just a scrub. He was the number one. QB I'm not in his saying class. that. I gave him the the big dick award last yeah. week. I I know I, he's I, a stud. I, well, well I know deserves. he is, but it's also his first prime time game. He's in a he's in a New Year's Six bowl game. That's that's bright lights. I don't know if he can handle it, honestly. I think the addition of Brian Breezy on that defensive line is huge. The fact that he does come back for Clemson. I think that on the offensive side, whatever weapons you think you have, you're not really losing that many of them. You have your running back coming back. You have your wide receivers coming back. I think Tennessee is losing a lot more valuable players Interesting coming into this game with their entire... They're going to have to, with a backup quarterback throw out a four backup wide receivers and certainly have to ground and pound their way to victory. And uh, Tennessee's Jabari Small averaging only 4.8 yards per carry, less than 700 yards this season, and and granted a pass-heavy offense. So the question is, do you think they can ground their pound and way to victory? Like, how many points do you think you're going to score? Do you think you can match that Clemson offense? Because even with DJU in there, they're still scoring 30 points points in there with an inferior QB. And so I think okay. The, the South Carolina game was 31 with with DJU and guy can't pass. Guy, guy can't <laughs> guy can't throw to an open man to save his life. Yeah. You know. I uh, so over under in this one set at 63 and a half. I'd take the under. I take the under easily. So Tennessee's defense held LSU to 13. Kentucky to 6. Georgia to 27, which is a low number for that Georgia offense this year. 
Vanderbilt to zero. So, you know, that's a big step. Yep. But Vanderbilt I mean, had two SEC wins, though, this year. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to shout the out Commodores. Commodores. Yep. Uh, go Commies. But I, Tennessee's defense, I think, can get it done with what has been an unimpressive Clemson team. It just seems like they fumble every year. I can get behind that. They and just have not gotten the job done. If you in, go through the trends in, in, of bright lights. In, in impressive fashion. They have not impressed me all season long. Yeah, I, I just I, I actually agree with you there. I think in, in the bright lights, Clemson haven't been able to get it together. But we know in college football, the two most important things is you get your head coach right and you get your QB right. If you think you have your QB right, I think they have a really good shot against this down Tennessee team. And you talked about their games against Kentucky. You talked about their games against Georgia. And I think when you look at the tape, Georgia could have put up 40 on them if they wanted to. I don't rate Will Levis as a great quarterback as well in this upcoming draft, which is another conversation. So this is just purely vibes. I can't go against the numbers, but we'll just have to wait and see. And I think vibes will prevail. I am very strongly... In favor of Vibes winning this one. If I hear about the Vibes one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> we can get more Vibes with another shot of Trace Amigos. We, we could we do could. that. All right. We got to run through these last uh, last three New Year's Six. Let's go to the Cotton Bowl. USC. Actually, no. Sorry. We'll, we'll go in chronological order. We'll go to the Sugar Bowl. Alabama, Kansas State. They play on New Year's Eve. Uh, that's the morning slot. 9 a.m. Uh, Alabama by six and a half on the... Uh, K-State Wildcats. There it is. Thank you. Uh, Over-under at 56. Crimson Tide. That's a good team. Yeah. I mean, and all their players are coming back. Will that Anderson, is a good Bryce Young. Team. And obviously they've underperformed this year, but Bryce Young still the great quarterback that he is. Will Anderson, the, the huge powerhouse that he is on that defensive side. I don't really have a lot of prep for this game, but just looking at these two teams and knowing the roster for Bama, Kansas State doesn't feel like the number nine team in the nation. And maybe, <laughs> yeah. that, maybe that's just the name on the front of their jerseys. Maybe it's because I don't think Deuce Vaughn, I don't think Will Howard are necessarily those guys, you know, on a big on a big stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I have Bama on this one. If I have to choose a side, I will be watching this game, but... Not necessarily putting a lot into this. I think these are two teams with not a lot to play for in this game. Obviously, well, I, I completely disagree with that statement. I think this is a statement game for the Crimson Tide. Saying, you left us out of the college football playoff? Okay, we'll take that as a slight. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder in this one. Absolutely. But I, I, don't think, I don't think you gained that much respect for playing number nine, Kansas State. Well, you don't, especially, but you got to put it on them. If you it was have n- to. If it was a number nine like Penn State or number nine USC... I think that makes a great, a much bigger statement. But I think because it's Kansas State, because they were never getting respect from that committee to begin with. I don't know if that's necessarily a statement win, especially well, well, when it depends on how you win. It's true, but it also on the same lines, it's their player, their their star players are not coming back next year, right? So you're coming in next year with a new quarterback, new defense. New weapons, you're not going to have your running back anymore either next year. And so it's when you go into next season saying, oh, I should have been in the college football playoff, it's, yes, the name on the front of the jersey stays the same, but the names on the back have changed, especially in your key positions. 
fine, right. but I, I, I just Alabama. And I, I don't I, think it, it, it's just Nick Saban's mantra to not let a game slip by. He is so slighted by the fact that Ohio State got in instead of them. He is, he is distraught. I can promise you, that's just the guy he is. You know, he always believes he was openly campaigning on on TV shows. Yeah, and, and I think that's why even in the deep, in like, even he knows that they shouldn't have been in the college football playoffs. When I he's, don't know. When he's, campaign, when he's talking about spreads, beating spreads, how I much think... you beat the spread, when Nick Saban says that on national, uh, to the press, uh, you're really, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel for that. You know, you're not talking about quality wins, which is, a, uh, quality losses even, which is a stupid stat. Uh, you know, and Alabama, in their defense, have had a tough year. They've lost on a combined four points this entire year on a tipped field goal. Yeah, damn a right. Two-point conversion. Yes, you could argue that they have a lot to play for, but I think the players on that side are just looking to increase their draft stock, looking to end on a win against this Kansas State team, which personally I don't rate very highly. All right. Uh, yeah, I've got Alabama by, by 24. Yeah, and, and I'd agree with you. Okay. But I still, I they, like, they got to put it on them. They have to. Okay, uh, Cotton Bowl. USC Tulane. Trojans by two. Over under is 62. Uh, USC's defense has been tragic. Oh, my God. Tragic. I mean, they are bottom 20 in just about every single stat, but they are top five in just about every single offensive stat. Tulane on the other end, the best defense in any mid-major conference. Listen, I don't have a lot to say about this game. I pride myself in someone that watches the G5, but Tulane... I pride... I consider myself <laughs> a man, a man of faith. <laughs> As Castellanos goes to deep left field. No, it's just... Minus two seems pretty... We saw USC play badly against Utah, but we've seen what they've done all year. And Tulane comes in as a G5 school that hasn't necessarily played the competition that USC has played. And at the level that USC has played at, we're talking about Heisman winner... Uh, Caleb Williams still in there for USC. They still have Jordan Addison in there for the offense. Uh, both teams, basically everyone are playing. So if you just mass up, match up based on rosters, I, I think minus two is a little... And yes, I'm, I am I feel like in all of these games, I'm just going for the favorites. But I feel like especially in this game, minus two is a little disrespectful for the USC team. And I think it's a little bit of recency bias after their poor performance against Utah. Oh, yeah. Who is, oh, a, yeah. Good, who is a good team? Utah is a good team. Oh, yeah. Don't get me well, Caleb Williams is technically listed as questionable, too. Oh. Because he had that hamstring injury towards the end of the right. Utah game. So he's technically questionable. But if that, I mean, if that's still a question mark... Uh, the line would shift if he's officially in. So I think you would you, think Vegas would I, know. I think you go ahead and take two right now because there's no way Caleb Williams is trying to miss that game. No way. Yeah, I think I think this game's kind of out of the six games, probably the lowest on everyone's list. Yeah, of, I would agree of importance. But USC by at least two in that game for me personally. Yep, I yeah. I think I actually uh, I'm going to go with a not a backdoor cover, but a backdoor. Close <laughs> from Tulane. <laughs> I'm going to say USC wins by six to eight. Six to eight. Yep. Points. Points. 
Oh, what else? Oh, Turn, I thought, I thought turnovers. Had, I, thought, I thought you had uh, by score. I thought I thought you had like it would be eight to six. Oh USC. no 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 like, USC to win yeah. by six yeah. or eight yeah. points. Six I, I, six seven or eight. I'd points. have them winning by ten, but similar. Somewhere sediment. And maybe Tulane gets a backdoor close. A backdoor close from... The thing is, that's what, not Is e- it the green wave or the blue wave? The green wave. The green wave. wave. Okay. Um, yeah, that's not even a field goal, though. You, you know, you go down with less than a minute with USC ball with... In yeah, the I could, quarter. I could it's see like, USC up 10, and then Tulane, like, gets a field goal with, I don't know, like a minute 30. They try to onside kick, and then USC recovers, and the game's over. It's just I feel like if you're trying to make this line, like, reasonable, like three and a half. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah. at least yeah. give the benefit of a doubt of a field goal. I would agree. You know, two points is, that's a tough line for, for the green wave there. Yep. Um, All right. Last of them. Yep. The Rose Bowl. Utah and Penn State. Utah by two and a half. Over under is 52. Are you disappointed by this Rose Bowl game? Because I don't know if I speak for everyone, but I would personally like to see USC Penn State a lot more than Utah. Yeah, but it's an automatic qualifier. Yeah. So I I agree. I would prefer to see USC in it. But Utah. I think seeing these two teams is literally went out there and won it. So you can't give it to anyone else. It it just, it, it pains me to think that it could have been. Like, they beat them twice, too. It pays that it could have been, like, Washington o- OSU. Or sure. Like I, USC, I absolutely would have yeah. loved that. Exactly. In the scenarios that it could have been, there were maybe two or three better matchups than it could have been Utah-Penn State, which is this is still a good matchup. Don't get me wrong. But we do have some notables out for both teams. No, Parker Washington for Penn State, who was out for... Uh, since November, and then no Joey Porter Jr., who was uh, a cornerback, a second team All American for uh, the the Nittany Lions. Nittany Nittany Lions this year. Um, in for the, no Sean Tucker, not Sean Tucker. Who's who's their quarterback's name? Who for Penn State? He's played for eight years. He's played for like eight years for them. Sean Clifford? Sean Clifford, not Sean Tucker. <laughs> I was so confused for <laughs> <Yeah>. a second. <laughs> no Sean Tucker in for Penn State. No, no Sean Clifford. There that, is indeed no Sean Tucker on Penn State. Yeah, that, that as well. <laughs> Big blow for the, the Lions. Um, but so no Sean Clifford in for Penn State. That era of the Penn State Nittany Lions is over. But in comes Drew Aller, who's actually from Medina. No way. Well, from what? Medina, Ohio. Oh, Medina. Medina. Medina, Ohio. Medina, Ohio. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, no Tavion Thompson for Utah, who's their leading, leading rusher. No Dalton Kincaid for Utah, their leading receiver, the tight end, with eight touchdowns, nearly 900 yards receiving for the tight ends. All right, what are you Do you have any them? leads for this game? I don't even know the line for this. So uh, it, is, it is. It well, is. Well, I said it if you were paying attention, uh, but you were ready to cut me off. It is <laughs> Utah <laughs> minus two and a half. Maybe, maybe one more Trace Amigos, and then I can get locked in. Do you know what the line is after I just told you? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Are you serious? Third time's a charm. You Same were again. just ready to make a joke and just completely, like, zoned yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. One thing at a time. You're the worst. <laughs> uh, Utah minus two and a half. What do you have? Man, I think this is closer to a pick especially when you see Utah. And you see the players that Utah don't have. They don't have their leading rusher. don't have their leading receiver. No player on the Utah team has more than five touchdowns outside of uh, Mr. Kincaid, the tight end. Um, 
And on the Penn State side, I'm just really excited to see Drew Aller play. And I think this is way closer to a pick em. This is a neutral site. You know, Rose Bowl far away from Utah, uh, from Salt Lake City. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think Penn State have been a really under not underlooked team this entire year because no one pegged them to put them past Ohio State or Michigan. But a really solid team in that Big Ten conference, definitely the third best team in it. And yeah, Utah, yes, they beat USC twice, but they also have some sinkers this entire year as well. And they aren't able to beat Oregon. So it's really it's really tough to say for for this game and low on my radar as well. But I have I have Penn State in a pick on probably by one or two points if I was to make a line. I have Utah by four. I have Utah Utes by tell four. Me, tell they've, me the stats. They've already. I don't actually have <laughs> stats for this one. I like you said. It's, it's lower on the radar. Uh, obviously, love the Rose Bowl. What a great game! But uh, Utah Utes have already played in the Coliseum this year, and they lost there against US uh, UCLA, forty-two to thirty-two. I think the Utes come out familiarity with the with the uh, stadium. Cam Rising comes there, veteran, and and uh, the Overdogs take it. Go Utes. That's what I got. Yeah. Why not? All right, New Year's Six, uh, a lot to look forward to. We will um, – I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll probably do college football playoff next time, a little bit of – We'll figure out where we're a, doing. a little bit we, of news all over we might the place. Not, we might have to switch sports moving forward. Yeah, we might go a little college basketball. You never you know what to expect from I might just be there for comedic relief. All right, well, uh, we're also going to be uh, bringing on a few guests in the next few episodes, so uh, certainly stay tuned for that. That's Ryan. I'm Tillier. We'll see you next time. For real. That's how you feel. And the guys be like, asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh,